Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Wednesday edition of the show. It is our Thanksgiving Eve edition as we preview Bucks versus Browns as the Bucks come back from the bye and take on an opponent that they should beat. But as we've seen, the Bucks don't always fare well when they play an, an inferior opponent. I'm your host today, Matt Matera. Joined with me back from vacation is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. It's SR, Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing? How is your vacation? And uh, what's the word? The word is uh, Bucks versus Browns. And the word is one week at a time. That's what we heard today from Tom Brady and others at at uh, One Buccaneer Place, the Advent Health Training Center. Matt, I thought that was really important, right? We're we're kind of looking ahead. Okay, this team is five and five, right? They're atop the NFC South for now, but but uh, these these Buccaneers are only looking at going six and five. Correct. They're not looking ahead to ten wins, eleven wins. You know, going on a run. It wasn't even about going on a run. It was about winning this game. And as Byron Leftwich uh, said to the team, as relayed by Tom Brady. There are seven games left in 21 practices and the entire seasons before them, right? They have a chance to, to rise or fall right here, right now, starting with this Cleveland Browns uh, game. And, uh, you know, I, I think talking to the players today in the locker room, uh, especially coming back from that, that trip to Germany, right? Uh, that long plane ride. Yeah. This team needed a, a break. This, this bye week comes at a really good time. Uh, I had a chance to take the family down to, the Bahamas and drink some Pirate Republic beer. Very nice. Uh, actually in the Bahamas, which is really cool. So uh, I had, had a good time and and uh, glad to be with you, Peter people, as we're getting ready to, to get back going and see if this team can make it three in a row and get to six and five, Matt. Yeah, hopefully they can. And I, I thought it was important for a couple of things that, you know, Brady, as you said, relayed the message from Byron Leftwich, uh, you know, seven more games, 21 more practices or whatever it was. And, I, as, as he was saying, it's like, huh, that's a, that's a pretty good message. And I just noticed with you, Scott, your head kind of like perked up a little bit too, being like, oh, wow, this is actually some like credible information. And the biggest takeaway that (laughs) I had from, you know, from Tom Brady talking today and, you know, we have Tom every week and it's exciting when we have him, you know, he is the face of football and arguably the greatest player of all time, but we kind of know how his press conferences go sometimes where he doesn't really reveal too much information and then kind of has a funny little tidbit at the end, whether it's bad football, I've been watching a lot of bad football, (laughs) that type of thing. But he had something to say today that I thought was really important. He was talking about how, you know, they're five and five and they're not exactly where they want to be, but they essentially dictate their future and their outcome for the rest of the season. He said, there's a lot of teams right now at at this time of the year, they kind of pack it in and, and go home. And right now they're in the middle of, he alluded to boxing. He said, this is like a prize fight right now. This is, you know, are are we going to stand up and fight? And I do think the Bucs are going to do so. As you said, that, that bye week I think was really important to them. Just a, just a freaking exhale a little bit, you know, after what's been kind of a roller coaster of emotions from all the way back to training camp from Tom, 
with with you know everything that went on there with leaving practice for a week to yep. bringing in new guys to then Julio not being available and things happening on defense and the scrutiny and just not living up to expectations. I think it really you know it takes a toll on these guys. So having that togetherness yep. in Germany and winning and you're on a two game winning streak it solves a lot of things, but it doesn't solve everything, which is why they absolutely cannot take the Cleveland Browns lightly when they uh, play against them at one o'clock on Sunday right. in Cleveland. And you know, Matt too, the other thing is, is while the Buccaneers had the bye week, right? They saw the Atlanta Falcons win and they saw yeah. the New Orleans saints win. And it's so now all of a sudden, right? This NFC South division Buccaneers are atop at five and five. The Falcons are five and six. And now all of a sudden the New Orleans saints are four and seven and they'll have to face all three of these teams down the stretch here. And so the NFC South is not a given. The Buccaneers are in a, a good position, a better position than, than what they were in. But again, it's it's you got to take these games one at a time. And uh, and I'll tell you, the Cleveland Browns running game has Todd Bowles' attention and the Buccaneer uh, defense's attention for sure. We talked about uh, that with, with some of the the defenders today that we we had a chance to speak with in in the Bucks locker room and. Um, I talked to Devin White today about it, and uh, you know he said his mindset was 15 tackles. This is one of those yeah. games. He and Antoine Winfield were talking. It's like this is going to be one of those games. They're coming right at you, right? And and I think Devin's at a really good place right now, uh, where his game is at. Obviously, still mourning the loss of his father. Uh, he said this was the worst bye week for him. He had to put his father in the ground, obviously. And condolences to Devin White. Yeah. But uh, I just think that, you know, he he seems so focused and so determined right now. And, and again, sometimes talk is cheap, but I stand right in front of Devin White today and you could just see the focus and the intensity in this guy's eyes. And and I think that he he feels like his game is on the upswing. And this is one of those games where, again, it's going to be Devin White, Levante, David, Antoine Winfield Jr., Right, uh, Keanu Neal, Mike Edwards, the the safeties, the, the, these these linebackers, this interior of the Bucks defense is is going to get the full frontal assault from Nick Chubb, from Kareem Hunt, and this Browns rushing attack. Uh, not that they're going to you know not try the edges, but it's just different, right? From the 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 Los Angeles Rams attack, which was so horizontal. We saw Keanu Neal had ten tackles, and and Carlton Davis have six tackles. And it really wasn't that type of game where Devin White and Levante David were going to be the focal point because they're in the middle of that defense. They were attacking the perimeter. The Browns, mm -hmm. it's going to be a different story. They're going to be coming right at the Buccaneers' uh, heart of this defense. Vita Vea, Devin White, Levante David, yeah. Winfield, et cetera. Right, and that's where the Bucs have kind of been burned a little bit. May, not necessarily the last two games, but in previous weeks before Akeem Hicks was back, they had more issues you know, up the gut, really more than anything else. So it's going to be a big challenge there. I do want to talk a little bit more about uh, the Browns running game and uh, everything that Devin White had to say today. I'll get back to that in just a moment. But first, just want to remind everyone that the Pewter Report podcast is presented by Celsius, and we love Celsius for all the different reasons, starting with the variety of flavors that they have, whether it's the Arctic peach or tropical vibes. You can also get cola flavor, a cucumber lime, ton of different flavors. So make sure you check that out. Seven essential vitamins is the key because this is a healthy version of an energy drink and will give you that essential energy 
to really accomplish any goal that you have going on, whether it's, you know, a, a busy work day or you have an important workout that you just want to crush, have a Celsius energy drink and replace it for coffee as Scott and Blaine Gabbard have. That's right. Um, so <laughs> a lot of great uses for Celsius there. If you want to try one before and you haven't, go to the Celsius store locator, find out where you can get one near you, your local Walmart, Target, or Bodega, as I Bodega. like to say. I've been seeing Bodega a lot more like on social media and stuff like that, so I'm glad it's making the rounds. Matt, I never it. heard of that term before you said it here, yeah. promoting Celsius. <laughs> and it's so cool because I feel like, honestly, I feel like you came up with the term. Right. I feel like you started the term Bodega, and it's just gone nationwide. So I'm giving I, all the credit I, to you, my friend. Uh, thank you. It, uh, it, it, I, I invented it here in Florida, in New York, it's a little more common, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, but then once you find out that you like Celsius, you can get them in bulk by going to Amazon, clicking on the subscribe and save, and you can have it sent to your house or apartment whenever you want. They can set it up for uh, one, two, three weeks, whenever you want it. I'd recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Most importantly, just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast, that is Celsius, hashtag Celsius Live Fit, hashtag Celsius Energy. And, uh, you know, if you're drinking them, send us, a, send us a photo on social media. We love when we see that. We'll make sure that we uh, retweet it and uh, show the love that it deserves. Now, getting back to Devin well, hold on. We, we have a very important question. Oh. Is Celsius alcoholic? And I'm assuming what you're saying is, is there any alcohol in Celsius? Uh, the answer is no. Um, I, you know, I've used them before as a mixer. I don't yes, think Celsius I have too. Yeah. is promoting that necessarily. So um, this is not part of the Celsius read. This is the Scott Reynolds and Matt Matera promo. Yes. I've used Celsius. I've actually used the, this one right here, which is the, oops, wrong banner. Here we go. You find our friend. There we go. Overlay. Uh, I've used this one. This, this cucumber lime is a great one. It's, mm. it's a great energy drink. I use it also to to drink in the afternoon without any alcohol, but I've been known to mix this <laughs> right here with uh, with a tasty uh, adult beverage. Yeah, I would certainly re recommend that if uh, if you're if you're into that, and then maybe if you don't drink alcohol, then you can still have it as your uh, your caffeine. That's right. Uh, release or whatever you want to yeah. call it. So yeah, tropical vibe as John V says, a great flavor, a ton of great flavors. <laughs> and uh, I want to get back to what Devin White had to say because I really felt what he talked about today was extremely powerful. You yeah. talked about how you know he said it was the worst bye week of his career because his father passed away and he had to he had to bury his dad. And once again, condolences to him. Yeah. And then he talked about a lot of other things. You could just see the, and I know we're in Thanksgiving season, but you can right. see just how grateful he was for mm -hmm. a lot of things. I thought it was really moving what he had to say about head coach Todd Bowles, where yes. he said, you know, this guy is like a father figure to me. He, he talked about that. Uh, he goes to Todd Bowles' son's game, you know, here yeah. in the Tampa area. Uh, Todd's family sends him food because a lot of Devin's family lives in the Louisiana, Louisiana area where he is from. So just that, that relationship, the yeah. fact that, um, you know, he said he has an open door policy. I can text him whenever. I think that speaks a lot more to why Todd Bowles is so protective of his players when we've kind of asked him about, Hey, well, this guy's doing this. Why, why aren't you necessarily commenting on that and he's I like think quit he, picking on my kid yeah <laughs> right yeah, what so what it boils I, down to i i thought that was really important Devin yeah. had to say i think Devin had a lot of great comments too you can see it on our uh, on our social media on twitter 
follow at Peter Report. Uh, just him talking about what the past couple of weeks have been for him, from the mm-hmm. criticism to his dad passing to him playing a great game against Seattle and getting defensive yeah. player of the week. Um, it's it, He said it's been hard. It's been hard. And he talked mm-hmm. about the tolls had on his family and just him wanting to be there for his teammates and, and take a lot of responsibility and how Levante David holds him up to a, a very high level. So I thought all that stuff was really important. He talked about having to move on as well and be there for his son and being a yeah. father. So just a really moving stuff from Devin White today. You could see it on our social media. For you sure. can see it on the Bucks YouTube channel as well. I think it's really important because it puts a lot of things in perspective. Yeah. Now, to get to the Browns, I think this is going to be a huge Devin White and Levante David I agree. type of game because the Browns have a great offensive line. They did lose their center, but um, still a very formidable offensive line. Whew. And it doesn't matter what the score is, whether yeah. they're up or down, um, whether they've had success with it earlier in the game or not, they yeah. are going to run the ball. And yeah. they know that you know that they're going to run the ball. Right. And they are still extremely effective with toting the rock, especially with Nick Chubb, who's helped me a lot with my yeah. fantasy team, Kareem Hunt, uh, in the passing game as well. And the Browns, listen, they don't have a great record. They're three and seven. And they are they have that record for a reason. But yeah. They rely a lot on their biggest names, their playmakers, their stars to get the job done because it's either Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Harry Cooper Mm -hmm. at wide receiver, or that's kind of it. So I think if Devin White and Levante can do their job, Vita Vea as well, and we'll see if he plays this week. Todd Bowles said that he has a foot injury. Akeem Hicks, too. The interior defensive line and those two star linebackers, uh, a lot of this game is going to fall on them. I agree. And the interesting thing, right, is is this Browns team, they're three and seven, right? And so you look at that record, you're like, all right, they're not very good. Well, he, he, here's a couple things to keep in mind. The three wins that this team had uh, came against the Panthers and the Steelers, two teams that the Buccaneers lost to. And in week one and three, I believe. Yeah. And, and then very they early. crushed the Bengals on yeah. Halloween, 32 to, thir- to mm-hmm. 13. So they, they have one real quality win. But, but then again, they beat two teams that the Buccaneers lost to. Their losses have been by one point to the Jets, by three points to the Falcons, by two points to the Chargers, by three points to the Ravens, and then by eight points to the Bills. So we'll call that a touchdown or less. So right. when you add those up, you're looking at five losses that were by a touchdown or less. And and so in football, right, I mean, we could sit there and look at this and say, well, the Bucks were two points away or three points away, I guess, from beating the Steelers. They were three points away from beating the Packers. Now, now you're, you're, you're seven and three rather than five and five, right? We could play this game all day long. But what yeah. I'm saying is, is the Browns – yeah, they're three and seven for a reason, but I'm also saying that you look at some of those losses, very similar to the Buccaneers. They've been very close losses in some instances. And so this is not a team to be taken lightly, especially with the fact that they can run the ball. Now, the Buccaneers have done a pretty good job the last couple of weeks in shutting down the running game. Now, the Rams, not a very good running team. The Seahawks, pretty good running very team. Much. That's yeah. a much more impressive showing. And, and the fact, too, that the Buccaneers got up early on them, 14 nothing lead, that probably took away some of, of the, the runs that were might have been called 
if the score had been closer, right? The, they were right. forced to pass a little bit to catch up, try to try to catch up and, and get back in the game. But uh, you mentioned Ethan Posick, the center, going out. He was their third highest rated offensive player, a very good player, and and that hurts. But man, they've got they've got two really good guards, and Wyatt Teller and Joel Batinio. Batinio, yeah. And, and then they've got two really good uh, tackles as well, and Wills and Conklin. Conklin. So uh, yeah, they're playing with the backup center, but the other four guys are really really good, and they power this this rushing attack that's ranked fifth in the NFL, Matt. They're averaging 150.9 yards per game. The Buccaneers' run defense has gotten better over the last couple of weeks, not just on the field, but also in the rankings. They're they're up to 15th now, averaging about 116.6 yards per game. So really the whole key is if the Bucs can stop or slow down the Browns, that drastically increases their chance of winning this game. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, Todd Bowles was asked that today. Like, what's been the difference with being able to stop the run over the last two weeks and kind of getting back to the Bucks defensive old that we all yeah. became familiar with? And he really just said it came down to gap assignment. I believe yeah. his, his exact yeah. words were gap assignment. Simple as that. Yep. So at least that's a good thing that and it was important too that Devin White said the exact same thing. Yes, so that yeah. that message got home to everybody. Talk, and that's exactly the communication. what they they're yep. really on communication. Like, hey, we're gonna yep. say the same thing to the media. And I think that's important that they identified the problem and it's something that's very, very fixable. I mean, gap yep. assignment is what you know you were teaching to the kids that you were coaching like back yep. in the day when you were the ultimate defensive coordinator. So, you know, that that's that's things that can be fixed from beginning to from the beginning of your football career to the end of it. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny, you know, you, you bring up the fact that the, the Browns have been in, in very close games and that the Bucks have too. And when the Bucks lose these games by a point or two, it's like, Oh really? Like you, you, you lost to the Steelers and you yeah. lost to the Packers and these teams aren't good. And the Browns, you know, they stay within eight of the bills. It's like, Hey, that's a pretty good job by that. Right. Team. Like nicely done. Hey, um, but I, I think that's important to point out because, again, the style that the Browns have. And, of course, Jacoby Brissett is their quarterback for one more game. Then they will have Sean Watson where yeah. presumably their offense will be able to move the ball down the field more and be a lot more explosive than with Jacoby Brissett. But right. still, even you know when Baker was their quarterback, when they went through a couple quarterbacks there, the reason why they can stay close in these games is because the fact that they run the ball. And it's like, if you get a little bit of a lead or you just keep it close, the time of possession is going to right. be absolutely key for the Bucs because if the Browns know that they can run the ball. Yeah. It'll be like watching a Navy football game where right. you might only get the ball once in the quarter, yeah. which I think is super important. That's why they're able to play close in these games because they i agree take possessions away you're exactly from the right other team which is which is really important yeah i mean the average uh, nfl team gets 12 possessions a game that, that that's about the average um you know between 10 to 12 right and and so what the browns try to do is they try to make that nine or ten they try to literally like you said yeah. take away a couple possessions and then you know you might have a cheap possession right you might get the ball back with 30 seconds before halftime, and that's one of your possessions. And if you don't have any timeouts, then that's kind of a wasted possession. Now you're down to maybe eight possessions in the game. And so that's how the Browns try to shorten the game. And honestly, that, that's kind of – it plays to what, what they're able to do in offense right now in the passing game. Jacoby Brissett 
is is a veteran guy who's kind of a caretaker. He's a he's a, a, a yeah. field you know a general general game manager game manager exactly. Eleven touchdowns, five interceptions, sixty four percent. He's not going to beat you with his arm, but he but he does. You know the Browns don't want him to kill you with with his arm either. In other words, or I should say, kill them. In other words, they don't want a Jameis Winston type guy that's going right. to throw a bunch of interceptions to the other team and just take his own team right out of it. So, uh, but you know, you look you look at Nick Chubb, one of the elite running backs in the game, nine hundred and twenty three yards, eleven touchdowns, five point three yard uh, average. He just gets behind that offensive line and just looks for the hole that they create, and boom, you know, it's it's off to the races. I mean, th- this this is an elite running back who can break tackles, slip tackles, outrun you. He is everything you want in a running back. And he's, he's not a bad receiver out of the backfield. I think Kareem Hunt catches the ball slightly better, but Chubb yeah. is no slouch. Uh, and they, they've got a great screen game, too, that incorporates mm-hmm. both Hunt and Chubb in that that mix. And, that again, that offensive line, not just at the line of scrimmage, Matt, those guys can get out there and move. Batinio and and Teller, those guards can get out there and move and get in space and, and attack you. Uh, and if you're a, a team like Tampa Bay that – Gets after the quarterback that ranks third in the NFL in sacks, uh, and and uh, the Browns know that, so they're going to try to help Jacoby Brissett out with some easy passes, dumping the ball over the heads of of those oncoming defensive linemen, and use the screen game to attack Tampa Bay. And that's exactly a really good way to go about it because the screens, while the Bucks offense cannot run the screen at all, other opponents have run the screen <laughs> yes. against the Bucks defense. At yeah. times, to maybe not perfection, but yeah. to success, the Carolina because, game, yeah, because yeah. they just have that incredible speed. Which, if a team is fast, you kind of want to use that against them right. in the run game and with screens. So, obviously, again, another thing that Devin White specifically has to hone in on, and we'll see, you know, how Antoine Winfield Jr. will go about it because he'll. We'll see where he lines up. Obviously, it doesn't look like Logan Ryan's going to be back this week, so he right. can't necessarily play in the slot. But they still like to put him up at the line of scrimmage, which obviously is important for the Bucks defense. Uh, another thing with Jacoby Brissett, real quick, I, I forgot what podcast I was listening to, but they were describing Jacoby Brissett, and, you know, as we talked about, game manager can do those things. Yep. He's the type of quarterback where you're okay with him playing for like three or four games. He can win you some games depending on the opponent if you have a good defense, right. which hasn't totally been the case for the Browns. But you don't want him playing like anything more than that because then teams kind of figure figure you out. You can game plan for that. And I think uh, you know that's obviously something the Bucs have a lot of tape on him now, especially playing in the past couple seasons. Bailey Adams has an article on PeterReport.com right now highlighting the last couple of games that the Bucs have played against Brissett. And then one last thing about just their stars in general. We talked about Kareem Hunt and um, and Nick Chubb. Amari Cooper, obviously, is their top receiver. He has seven touchdowns on the season, yeah. uh, 698 receiving yards. Jamel Dean spoke a lot about him today, saying he's a very detailed route runner, and that's how you know he can win a lot right. of his matchups. But the Browns rely heavily on their top guys. Uh, yeah. Nick Chubb leads the way with 11 touchdowns. That's all rushing. Then it's Amari Cooper with seven. Right. Um, Kareem Hunt has three rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. After that, you have um, you have uh, which one called uh, the quarterback, obviously with two percent with yeah. two, and then everyone else has one touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, David Njoku. Harrison Bryant, the the backup tight end. So they are they are really predicated on 
<laughs> on Chubb, Cooper, and Hunt really That's getting right. the job done. And then after that, it's slim pickings. Yeah, so it does make it a little easier, right, to to kind of uh, you know game plan for some of those bigger guys. You don't want to sleep on anybody, right? Because anybody can rise up and get a touchdown. But but um, but you're right. It, the the Browns are a pretty straightforward team to to you know try to defend. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of when I grew up in Kansas City, the Marty Schottenheimer Chiefs um, that, that honestly at the time had Bruce Arians as the running backs coach with Christian Okoye. <laughs> Kevin Ross was a cornerback on the team. The um, yeah, uh, Tony Dungy was the defensive back coaching Kevin Ross. Todd McNair was the third down running back. So when I'm back in the, in the, the late 80s, early 90s watching – all of these, you know, future and pat well, either future Buccaneer coaches, uh, you know, uh, or or in, uh, um, uh, you know, the head coach and Tony Dungy ended up becoming the head coach. Um, it just Marty Schottenheimer was was that way. You're going to get Chris Nicoya in first and second down, and we're either going to, you know, throw a play action pass on third down if it's third and short. We're going to throw the ball. It, it was Steve Deberg at quarterback, former Buccaneer. That's just who. Schottenheimer was, and he was the former Browns coach as well. And the Browns are kind of back to that Schottenheimer style. You know what you're going to get. Try to stop it. And some teams, more than others this year, they've had some success stopping that. And maybe it's because Jacoby Brissett is not a dynamic playmaker, right? He, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, say what you want about him. He did have some dynamic performances. He also had some dud performances. That's why he's not there anymore. But that's why they went out and got a, a dynamic playmaker like Deshaun Watson because they want some of those those dynamic plays mm -hmm. that will make the 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 Browns win by a point rather than lose by a point to win by two points rather than lose by two to win by three rather than lose by three and that's the difference in the NFL it's, it's having those elite playmakers that get you that one or two more plays that lead to one or two more points to get you that win and and if they can pair Deshaun Watson and have a more dynamic passing attack that maybe gets more people involved rather than just Amari Cooper, maybe gets David Njoku more involved in the red zone, then the Browns might have some more success. But for this week, I think it's what you see is what you get. And I think for Todd Bowles and you know Casey Rogers, Larry Foote, having an extra week to kind of prepare for this, I think gives the Buccaneers a big advantage. The other big advantage is we just got the injury report yeah. for today. Matt, did you have that pulled up? If not, I can read it off. I, I do have it. Um, let's get into the injury report after we talk about our favorite beer, which, of course, is Pirate Republic. I mean, you want to talk about Jacoby Brissett not being dynamic. Pirate Republic is very oh, dynamic. Yes, sir. Know, with uh, a multiple different uh, varieties there and flavors. And, of course, they're the exclusive partner and the official beer of PeterReport.com. They are based out of the Nassau Bahamas and now invading Florida just in time for football season. Beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original Pirate Code, which is a sense of belonging. Pirate Public is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner, my personal favorite, which you can see on the screen right now, is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. You also have the Take No Quarter IPA in green right there. It's the best IPA that you'll drink. You also have another option where you can drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy, Belgian wit beer, and enjoy that pirate life. That's obviously in the gold right there. 
A Pirate Republic beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area. That's where I get my Pirate Republic. And uh, it is expanding across the state of Florida. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic beer. Let's get yeah, to the- so I, I had the opportunity to go down to uh, to to the Pirate Republic tap room down there in Nassau, Bahamas this weekend and went, went for a little family cruise. And I got to, to drink some Blackbeard Stout, which was ah. another flavor that they don't have in Tampa just yet. But that was also quite good, too. So now there's four different kinds of Pirate Republic beer that I love. And uh, it's a fantastic beer. If you have not tried Pirate Republic yet, you know, go to one of those locations that Matt was telling you about, ABC Liquors, Total Liquors, uh, or I should say Total Lucan's Wine and Liquors, More, Party yeah. Liquors, Lucan's Liquors, and, and pick up a six-pack. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. I know sometimes people have their, their favorites, their standbys, you know, the, 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 you know their go-to beers. But just try Pirate Republic, folks. It's it's great. We have we would not have an official beer, Peter Report, if it wasn't a really good product, high quality product, and uh, it is. So uh, thoroughly recommend you picking up uh, a pack, a six pack, right in time for game day. So maybe on Black Friday, you you go out and, and act like a pirate and and uh, and swipe some uh, some some loot at your favorite uh, liquor store and make it Pirate Republic. Please do. And yeah, check it out. It's the perfect time with uh, all these great college football games coming up yes. on Friday and uh, and Saturday and then the Bucks on Sunday. So uh, yeah, check it out. Bucks injury report. Yep. Obviously some names of uh, of note that make people feel one way or another. Um, Leonard Fournette, he has a hip injury. He was limited today. He was warming up with the team. Actually looked to be moving pretty well based on my judgment, but I'm not a doctor. So yeah. Uh, Russell Gage, hamstring injury. He did not participate. He was running individually on, on a separate field. Mm-hmm. Luke Gedeke, foot injury. He practiced. No, yeah, he was limited in practice. Apologies there. Um, but as Todd Bowles talked about today, uh, he's just getting acclimated again. He's kind of getting back into the lineup. So fear not, it will be Nick Leverett in the lineup yes. this week when the Bucks play the Browns. We'll deal with that saga next week. Amen. Uh, Zion McCollum, the cornerback, has a concussion. He practiced in full. Linebacker J.J. Russell, hamstring injury, also practiced in full. And then this was the most glaring omission from practice today. That is defensive tackle. Yes, I said defensive tackle because he's not lining up as much over the nose anymore. Vita Vea, with a foot injury, did not participate. Yeah, uh, that's we did a big see one. Vita. Yeah, we saw Vita in the locker room. He had a big bag of ice. He had it in his hand, but I imagine yeah. he was going to put it on his foot. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a big one for the Bucks. They finally just get the the run stopping game going, and right. now their best interior defensive lineman might not be available for the game. Um, obviously, a concern and something that will be monitored all the way up until kickoff on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And the good news, I think, is the Buccaneers as an organization, when you when you have a foot injury, they will put you in a boot, like just as a pre- prevention yeah. uh, thing. And we did not see Vita Vea in a boot today. So that no. was good. At the same time, I do remember saying the same thing about Logan Ryan. Uh, we said, <laughs> hey, Matt, remember we saw him walking around the locker room, and all of a sudden, hey, he's got a broken foot. So yeah. uh, I... I, I used to think that a player not being in a boot meant something. I'm not so sure anymore. But uh, I will say that that uh, you know 
certainly hoping the best for Vitavea. I talked to him today briefly. He didn't want to talk about the foot. That's fine, uh, but didn't seem too concerned about it either. And so I, I'm I'm hopeful that he will have a a limited practice, right, or a full participation practice over the next couple of days. And and because I I think if he does not play, then you know that. That that hurts the Buccaneers Changes. two ways now, right? Because yeah. it's not just the run defense where you're looking for Vita Vea to be a big factor, pun intended, but also as a pass rusher, he's leading this team in sacks with six and a half right now. So Vita Vea getting it done on on all three downs, whether it's run or pass. And obviously that it kind of starts the domino effect because that means obviously you would have Akeem Hicks in there, but that means yeah. more playing time for Nacho, for Will Golston, and hopefully Logan Hall. I want to see a little bit more of Logan Hall. I know he had a great start and then kind yeah. of leveled out a little bit. But, you know, we've kind of talked about it. Will Golston, I don't think, has really played up to um, what we've seen him yeah. play in, in the past. And Nacho is 10 times better just in his backup adrenaline right. rush uh, role, you know, yeah. when he's in Coming there in as and, a wave defensive lineman rather yeah. than a starter playing, you know, 60 plus percent of the snaps. So I yeah, hundred percent. So that obviously that changes a lot of things from the top down. So hopefully Vita Vea can go uh, some of those other injuries that we just talked about. Russell Gage was running individually. He doesn't really look like he's close to, to returning yeah. again. I'm not a doctor, but just based on you know, what I watched, they were only yeah. like short little spurts and some cone drills. Yeah. We put it on our social media as well. So you can judge it for yourself also just interesting to note it won't have a huge impact on the defense itself but kj Britt was out there uh mm -hmm. running around he's still on ir and i believe this is the last game that he has to be on ir uh, ir for right. because it's a four game minimum yeah. uh but he could be returning sooner rather than later just based right. on watching him run he was actually given like full sprints so yeah. A little bit different there. Well, and also, too, let's go over the Browns injury report. Now, keep in mind, the Bucks coming off of a bye week, so there's fewer players, right, that, that are banged up. Yeah. The Browns, different story. They've got three players that are dealing with concussions, two of which did not practice today. That was DeAnthony Bell, their safety, who's a reserve. He did not participate with a concussion. And uh, Greg Newsom, one of their uh, corners that, that does play quite a bit, he did not participate with the concussion. Perrion Winfrey, who was a, a name Buccaneer fans uh, yeah. might remember from the draft time, also dealing with concussion, uh, really has one tackle this year. He's not been a factor at all. Uh, people can lament over uh, the, the limited production from Logan Hall, but uh, he's been uh, better than Perrion Winfrey uh, just from a statistical standpoint and just a play standpoint if you look at the film too. But Perrion Winfrey uh, was limited with the concussion today. Then it looks like there's an illness that's affecting the Cleveland Browns. And and uh, when you look at at uh, uh, Joel Batonio, he did not participate today. Uh, their backup center, uh, Hjalte Froholt, I'm, I'm butchering his name probably, but he is the player that is going to be replacing Ethan Posick as the center. He also had an illness and was not participating today. Same with Ronnie Harrison, a backup safety, and illness did not participate. Then you have David Njoku, the tight end with an ankle and the knee, did not participate. Wyatt Teller, the starting guard, very good one, was limited with a calf injury. Uh, Jedrick Wills, their left tackle, also limited today with a, a knee injury. And Amari Cooper, uh, this was a rest day for him. Apparently he's fine. 
did not participate. Jack Conklin was a full participation. That's the right tackle with the foot injury. Also, uh, Joe, Jadavion Clowney, the defensive end, had a rest day, a veteran rest day. He did not participate. And Miles Garrett also had a rest day today, did not participate. So it's a pretty lengthy list for the yeah. Browns, either dealing with illnesses or concussions. But, you know, when I'm studying the Browns, the one thing, and I just mentioned Miles Garrett, and, uh, you know, the pass rush starts with him and just about ends with him. I mean, yeah. you're looking at, at Garrett with eight and a half sacks. He leads the team. He is an all-pro caliber player for sure. But no one else on the Browns has more than two and a half sacks. As a matter of fact, Jadavion Clowney, even though he's got a pretty good PFF grade, 71.4, which is not a bad grade, but when you look at the production in seven games, one and a half sacks, they, I think they expected more than they're getting from Jadavion Clowney from a pass rushing standpoint, Matt. Absolutely. And I remember the past couple of years, it always felt like with J J yeah, Jadavion Clowney, who will always have some special history in Tampa when he played for South Carolina. Yes. And he knocked yep, the crap <laughs> out of the, uh, the Michigan yeah. running back and the helmet came flying off. And he just, yeah. his hand was like a claw, just took that yep. football. Uh, anyway, that that was a great moment there. But for the past couple of years, ever since he left the Texans, it was like the Jadavian Clowney sweepstakes. And like he would right. hold out, hold out, hold out, finally sign a contract with another team. And it just happened to be the Browns for a while. And everyone would talk about a lot of national figureheads would say, oh, man, like Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney. That's a great end to end combo right there. Right. And as you said, Scott, it's really just all been Miles Garrett. Um, you yeah. know, their second leading player with sacks is is two and a half and that's uh Taven Bryan Jacob Phillips yeah. has two sacks and as you mentioned uh Jadavian Clowney with a sack and a half so we have a number of players with sacks on this team but we've seen with the Bucks you know Vita Vea leads with six and a half Devin White's not very far behind uh, a couple other players have multiple sacks yeah I the mean Antoine Winfield Jr. has three sacks yeah there's, exactly there's a lot of players that have like three sacks or more for the Browns it's like Miles Garrett and nobody else. Right. And on top of that, they don't take the ball away either. I think they only right. have what three interceptions on the year, as you pointed out earlier. Yeah. So this team just doesn't really get off the field. And I don't think it's surprised by any means, Scott, that in all the losses that they have, if you look at it, um, okay, 31 30 to the Jets. That game was awesome. Uh right. at the end. They got they got a uh, an onside kick and everything. But Every single game that they've lost, they've allowed at least 20 points. I, the, the, the smallest amount that they've allowed in a loss was 23. They did it twice. Yeah. The three games that they won, uh, 24, but again, that was week one. Yep. 17, and against the Bengals, it was 13. So pretty much if you score 20 points on the Browns, you should be good You're to gonna go. win. Yeah. We all know the name of the game is Stop Miles Garrett. Uh, it's the That's same right. thing with Aaron Donald. Another opportunity for Donovan Smith, unless the Browns, for whatever reason, would want to line up Miles Garrett against Tristan right. Wirfs. I would love to see that because you're talking yeah. two of the best at their position, but it wouldn't be advantageous for the Browns. But yeah, yeah it really just seems like it It, it has right. It's all about stopping him, and then you can kind of go from there. I agree. Will the weather be a factor? Is that something the Bucks will have to fight because it's still hot and humid down here in Tampa? Uh, even in November, almost into December here, it's it's going to be Thanksgiving tomorrow. It's going to be like yeah. 82 degrees in Tampa. It's, it's usually about the norm. 
But in in uh, Cleveland on Sunday, now keep in mind, I'm not sure how much the weather changes down here in in, in Tampa, Matt. As you know, uh, if it says, I mean, we've seen it with the hurricanes, right? It's the last yeah. couple of hurricanes dead hit right in Tampa, and then it changes. The weather changes too. When I look at the weather forecast and I see sunny skies, I'm thinking, crap, it's probably going to rain, right? A couple of days before. And if I look at the weather like on a Wednesday in Tampa and say, yeah, it's supposed to be rainy on Saturday, Sunday, I'm like, good, means it's going to be sunny because the weather always changes. So in Cleveland, I'm not sure out there in the Midwest, up there by the Great Lakes, how reliable these forecasts are when they're out a couple of days. But as it stands right now on Wednesday, the forecast in Cleveland for Sunday is rain, 92% chance Ooh. for rain. Uh, winds out of the south at 18 miles per hour, 53 degrees, so snow's not going to be a problem. The low is only going to be 41, so you're not even going to get any freezing rain. But it could be a sloppy uh, weather conditions up there, and it might be one of those mutter games where that might be the advantage to the Browns because that's that's kind of what they're used to up there, playing in wet, muddy conditions uh, a couple times a year for sure. Tampa Bay, not so much. So we'll keep an eye on that weather forecast, but but uh, uh, one thing that that is interesting is is the the first Energy Stadium playing surface is listed as probable. That's right. <laughs> Matter of fact, somebody got onto the field with the vehicle and started doing donuts on the field, chopping up the grass. <laughs> so oh, between between that, yes, there was vandalism at the first Energy Stadium. I'm not saying it was Baker Mayfield, but. <laughs> After all those commercials where he's that's his he house. He lives there, yeah. He lives there apparently. So maybe you have to to think Baker Mayfield. The Browns, my, uh, the Browns might have to go back to Detroit again. Remember, the Lions play tomorrow on right. Thanksgiving, so the field will be available on Sunday. Exactly. So we'll have to see uh what the field is gonna be like because they obviously have to make these repairs now, but yes. will those repairs hold up if it's pouring down rain? We'll now, have to see. Scott, another thing where the weather plays a huge factor is if you're betting on this game. And That's if you right. hear it's going to rain a ton, uh, I would probably advise betting the under. But no matter whether you're going to bet the the over or the under or the Bucks or the Browns, make sure you're doing it at mybookie.ag. Cash in and cash out with mybookie. Sports betting is intense enough, and I know. I've been betting on the World Cup recently. It's been a lot of fun, but, you know, uh, you bet on a great team to score, you know, five goals against a, a really bad team, and it's getting close to the end. Even though they're up four nothing, it's still really intense. Um, so you shouldn't need to sweat your payouts. Uh, my bookie has no strings bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quickly. Use the promo code Pewter on a depo- deposit of fifty dollars or more, and you can receive up to two hundred dollars in cash instantly to your my bookie account. Using the bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount once, just once, and you're ready to cash out. It's no strings attached with MyBookie. Hammer this bonus on MyBookie so you can focus on what's important Thanksgiving week. Family, food, and securing that money bag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. And uh, the minimum deposit, of course, is 50 The maximum amount is $200. And the bonus is also a one-time playthrough. But, I mean, like I said, I've been betting a lot of the World Cup. It's very fun when you get a, a bad team against a good team. 
Um, I had the under in that Browns Bills game when initially it was going to be played really? in Buffalo. Huh. Yeah, uh, but then once w- everything changed once they yeah. went to uh, went to Detroit and, and True. changed it there. But I'm excited to bet on a lot of great college football games this week. Obviously, Ohio State Michigan is the yeah. marquee matchup on Saturday. You got Florida Florida State on uh, Friday night. I'm very excited for that probably yeah. gonna take the over in that one i haven't even checked yet but probably gonna take the over the war on i4 very close to uh you know a lot of tampa fans here yeah. at ucf especially here at pewter report i know we're gonna have we're gonna have bailey against uh josh capo in that one yeah. and casey as well and uh yeah so i'm also a, a, a ucf fan they're, they're kind of my florida yeah. team so it's you casey and bailey against yeah. uh poor josh capo yeah, I don't think he stands much of, much of a chance. Although, you know, we talk about upsets. Navy beating UCF at yeah. in or, at the bounce house. That That's crazy. Right. I'm hoping there's not going to be an upset Saturday night in the Sunflower Showdown. My Kansas State Wildcats will be playing a 6-5 and five Kansas Jayhawks team. So if K-State wins at home against KU, then I'll be very happy because we'll have a rematch in the Big 12 championship game against TCU. And uh, so that'll be exciting. We actually had a 17-point lead at halftime of that game, and then we lost mm-hmm. both of our quarterbacks. We were down to our third-string quarterback in that <laughs> game, and TCU came back to beat us in uh, in Waco. So we should well, – not Waco. Uh, Arl- Arlington, I think they're – I think Waco is Baylor. So anyways, yeah. wherever TCU is, uh, they're outside of Dallas. So Leo, appreciate the $5 super chat. Thank you, Leo. Money. Can we talk about BA and the Bucks organization? Confident Brady is back in Tampa in 2023, but every media show claiming he goes elsewhere. I don't think Tom Brady knows what he wants to do right now. I really I don't. think don't. so either. I think I this mean, is even, even, uh, so uh, premature. Joe, Joe Buck, he's at ESPN now, but obviously he was at Fox for a very long time. Yeah. Even Joe Buck said, I don't even know if he's going to honor his contract and play uh, and do the, the broadcasting for Fox whenever yeah. he does decide to retire. I think at least the beauty for Brady is he can essentially do what he wants. You know, right. he has the, the stature and the, the finances to really you know, yeah. go about it and do it. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't be shocked. I would say if I was going to rank between retirement, playing somewhere else and playing with the Bucks, <clears throat> I still do think I would be the most surprised if he played for the Bucks next season. I probably yeah, I say, would say, yeah, I would say that I would rank it one. He goes somewhere else Two, he retires and three, the most likely would be, or if I'm ranking the most likely, the third, so least likely would be returning to the Bucs. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, it, it really all depends on how he feels, right? I mean, he's, he'll be 46 next year. He's 45. He always talked about playing to 45. So mm-hmm. this would kind of be checking the box, and we'll see. I, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how this team finishes and, and how he's feeling. Obviously, that loss to the Rams stuck in his craw, and he wanted to come back after a 13 and four season, get the band back together, re-sign Leonard Fournette, re-sign Ryan Jensen, re-sign Chris Godwin, right? And and be a part of this to see if they could get over the hump and uh, and get back to the Super Bowl in 2022. And, and we'll see if that's the case. Obviously, with TB12, he has found the fountain of youth. You know, um, I've found the fountain of youth elsewhere at a place called age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. 
it was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Guys, if you want to feel better, go to age rejuvenation. It's that simple. Lose weight, feel great, have better sex. You might have seen age rejuvenation as the new sponsor of my SRS Fab 5 column this year on pewterreport.com. And of course, as the presenting sponsor of the Celsius tailgate uh, show, you know, the Pewter Report tailgate show we do every game day, including this Sunday, where we're going to be at the Wesley Chapel walk-ons for our tailgate show. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a client. I'm an age rejuvenation client, just like John Gilmore, retired Buccaneer, who helps us out with that. Problems. Here and and probably forward, kind of feel that downward slide, that downhill slope. And it turns out I have low testosterone, probably something I had years ago. And like most men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, it's just nature. It just happens. You lose your testosterone as you age. Should have done something about it way back when, but I didn't. I'm glad I did now. Low testosterone affects everything from weight loss to energy to stamina. But now there's a way to fight it. And that's what I did with the testosterone therapy. I have more energy. Visit agerejuvenation.com. Find out how you can get a free consultation. Find out if age rejuvenation is right for you with five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. You can lose weight and feel great, too, with age rejuvenation. And they also have a lot of uh, Black Friday specials, too. And we're going to be posting some of those on our social media accounts, Twitter and Facebook, over the next couple of days. So this Friday only, for example, you can get a $25 age rejuvenation gift card for every $250 you spend on their services, whether it's the testosterone therapy whether it's the Pulse Wave subscription, whether it is Cialis treatments, uh, whatever type of, whether it's medical weight loss, stem cell, peptide therapy, vitamin injections, they have got specials going on from now to the holidays. So check out our social media on Pewter Reports, Twitter and Facebook accounts. We'll have some of these specials listed and I highly recommend you take advantage of it because I feel way better with age rejuvenation. Please do check it out. Uh, there's a good comment here about the Brady thing, whether he's leaving or not. Louie here, Louie Flash, says, uh, so he's going to be 46 and learn a new system next year with a new team. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a, it's a fair argument, but he did it in the middle of a pandemic coming to uh, right. a new team. So I think he could do it again. I just have in my mind that he's going to go to San Francisco, given that he grew up in the area somewhat, yeah. grew up a 49ers fan. And something about sticking it to Jimmy G one more time. I just, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just, yeah. and the weapons that they have there too. It's like, I think Tom Brady can figure out how to work a Kyle Shanahan offense, you know, and how to get the most out of that. So, yeah. Well, know, Carlos, how- I appreciate that, Scott. I went to Age Rejuvenation and signed up. That's awesome. Appreciate that. You, they said you have a body of a Greek God. I don't know who you were talking to uh, about that. Because maybe it's John Gilmore, but not me. I don't have a body of a Greek guy. I've got the, <laughs> the body of, of a of a of an average white dude. That's about it right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, at least I'm not like overweight or whatever. I, I do feel better when I work out. And 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 I, honestly, for for the first couple of months when I was doing the testosterone therapy, didn't even have time to work out, and I still lost three pounds of body fat just from the increased. 
uh, testosterone and energy that you get. It just speeds up your metabolism naturally. Ever since I've gone to the gym, I've, I've gained some some size and and some some muscle mass, and that's been awesome. And I've trimmed down even more. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm glad you're having some success with that. That's great. You know, as we wind the show down here, there's just one more thing I want to talk about with the Bucks offense. And we spoke to him today, which is, I think, why I have it on the mind right now. But I'm really curious to see. And sure, if the weather, if it's raining and everything, we might have to hold this thought until next yeah. week. But, you know, Julio Jones is coming off his best game with the Bucks in the Germany game. Then they right. had the bye. I'm really curious to see how he can stack that together. Is it just yeah. a flash in the pl- flash in the pan mm-hmm. will happen every now and then type right. of thing? Or can we get this consistently? Can the Bucs yeah. get this consistently from Julio Jones? He's not uh, an injury week? report, Matt. He's, He's not the injury report. report. <laughs> it's incredible. I just yeah. I don't firmly believe that he's going to be that guy that he was uh, two weeks ago every single week. Yeah, uh, I just am not fully convinced. I'm not convinced he's going to stay healthy. I want him to. I want him to help the Bucks. Yeah, seeing is believing, and I don't think I agree. I don't think one week of having a good game is going to again solve a lot of the issues. So I'm going to be really yeah. intrigued to watch that this Sunday. Yeah, I agree, and I I think that you know my last little notes here about this this upcoming Browns. Uh, Bucks game. It's interesting because uh, some some of of the the players that were on the Buccaneers fans radar during the years, Greedy Williams, the cornerback out of LSU. You know, he's a backup cornerback, uh, not even that good of a of a player at the NFL level. Grant Delpit, he is the Browns' leading tackler right now, but he's not the splashy player he was at LSU. And Perrion Winfrey, like I talked about before, only one tackle. Those three guys were, you know, a lot of. A lot of Buck fans in their own mock yeah. drafts wanted the Bucks to, to draft them, and maybe things have been different. If they'd come to Tampa and playing in this system, I don't know. But those three players, Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit, and, and Perrion Winfrey, have not really panned out like uh, like most thought. The thing about Delpit and, and the other safety, John Johnson, that's interesting is Delpit leads the Browns with 64 tackles. John Johnson has 57. And when you've got your two safeties – leading your team in tackles, that's not good for your defense. You want yeah. those to be linebackers because that means too many runs are getting to the third level. And we saw this Buccaneer rushing attack finally get opened up. Haven't really seen that since week one. Maybe Rashad White can uh, you know, can can be the guy. We talked about Leonard Fournette having that, that hip injury. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see Rashad White start again. And uh, and even if Leonard plays, it's going to be like it maybe as the complimentary guy, yeah, situational, yeah. And and we even t- heard you know both Tom Brady and uh, Todd Bowles talk about Sneak Vaughn today. So we might see some Sneak Vaughn. They might just you know not even play Leonard Fournette this week, especially if the conditions with that with the, the right surface if it's are rainy and, and slippery and stuff. Yeah, don't even fine. Play. Let yeah, just yeah. give him a, another week to rest because again, they will need Leonard Fournette at some point. Like right. he's still very important to this team as much as Rashad White is. So yeah, if you know if they want to do a two headed monster the rest of the season, right. that's great. Obviously, Leonard needs to pick it up when he's fully healthy. But you got yeah. Rashad White there for the time being. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of his skill set, especially right. with the conditions that may happen for Sunday's game. You mentioned some of the Browns players and they were all these guys that we covered in our draft coverage for the Mm -hmm. Bucs and they get drafted and they haven't necessarily panned out. You know, that's why they say that the the draft 
is kind of like the lotto sometimes, or it's mm-hmm. kind of like you're playing the slots at the casino where you, right. sometimes you don't win, but sometimes you win big and you hit big and you can yeah. do that at the uh, Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two-cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. $117,000. Hi, my name is Tara because I want over $500,000 playing slot. I do this full-time and I would not change it for the world. I'm Gloria. I won over $2 million at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> my name is Mike. I won over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it is different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won 215000 on Blazing Sevens. Put my last $4 on the table, next thing you know, bam, 215000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life. You only live once. Have fun with it, right? Anybody can win at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Yeah, I actually won two hundred dollars on <laughs> in the casino on my cruise this weekend. It was crazy. Oh, sweet! There you yeah, go. Ash, you Ash never and know I were, you can win big. So check out the Seminole I, Hard Rock. Casino. I know it, we, we're going to take our two hundred dollars winnings, Ashley, and I. We're going to go to Seminole Hard Rock this weekend and uh, and play there and see if we can't uh, stay hot. Uh, one thing that's not hot for the Browns is their kicking situation. You know that might be an edge where the Buccaneers have. This is a close game. Ryan Suckup hitting 88% of his field goals. And he's missed three kicks this year. Two of yeah, them are beyond. Was, yeah, one was blocked. You know? Yeah, one was blocked. The other, uh, you know, 50-yard, 52-yard, or whatever it was, it was a miss. So uh, when you look at at uh, how well he's kicked, Cade York is only hitting 76% of his field goals for the Browns. Maybe that's weather-induced because they play in Cleveland, and, and that's can be a tumultuous weather uh, you know, stadium. But only 91% on his extra points as well. So that's an area where if it comes down to special teams, the Bucks might have an edge there. The other thing, too, is when you look at at uh, at, at the Browns, they, they're averaging 24 points per game. They're the 10th highest scoring ranked offense in the league. The Bucks have the sixth best scoring defense, <coughs> uh, allowing an average of only 18 points per game. Something's got to give. The flip side is the Buccaneers only averaging 18.3 points per game. That's 27th in the league. But the Browns the Browns defense is ranked 30th in the league. They're allowing 27 points per game. So what's going to give, Matt? We're going to find right. out on if- Sunday. But but something's got to give, right? Either the Bucs defense can shut down this high-scoring Browns offense, or maybe the Bucs can finally score a lot of points. Maybe you get to that 30-point mark again. They've only done it once this year. That was against get Kansas City. Get back to City. That, that infamous magic number that they once have had. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's kind of like the opposite <laughs> of the uh, unstoppable force against the immovable object. Yeah. But like in two negative things. So Exactly. I, I don't know if there's uh, any type of uh, example yeah. for that. Um, right. Well, I, I was yeah. just going to say, we, we want to remind everybody, we're going to be at Walk-Ons in Wesley Chapel for the Celsius Peter Report tailgate show two hours prior to kickoff. And then we're going to have Pewter Game Day. Right after that, uh, you're going to be uh, t- telling people uh, about all of the inside information that you learned during the week and then how that's marrying up with what they're seeing on, on the screen. It's a great way to spend your game day with Pewter Report because we've got the tailgate show live at Walk-Ons in Wesley Chapel, two hours before kickoff, and then right at kickoff, we've got Matt Matera with the Pewter um, 
computer game day show. Yeah. And that's going to be myself, fun. Myself and Casey Hudson this week. So Casey awesome. is uh, making returns. She was on the show on Monday for a bit, but we'll have Casey for the whole game uh, on Sunday, which awesome. we're obviously very excited for. Excited to get back to walk-ons too with, um, yep. you know, the Germany game. So it's been two weeks since we've been I know. Uh, at walk-ons. So it'll be very exciting to uh, get back there. Make sure you check it out before we sign off. We're just going to hear a message from Muni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. You know, Matt, Tom Brady said something really interesting today. He was talking about 400 yards of offense per game that this this team needs to hit. And they get 150 yards rushing over there in Germany against the Seahawks. And that meant he only had to pass for 250 yards, right, to reach that. And, of course, he, I think he hit for 300, right, so we're close to it. So they end up with 450 yards of offense there. But it was interesting how he's talking about allocating, right, the yardage, and if – they don't rush the ball very well, and they only run for 100 yards, then Brady has got to throw for 300 yards. This passing game has got to pick up the slack. Well, when you're talking about allocating your assets, your financial assets, you got to do that with the folks over at Immuni Financial. Why? Because they have over 40 years' worth of experience in doing this. They are absolute experts when it comes to managing your money, whether it is brokerage and advisory services, legacy planning, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, they even offer insurance. And those 40 years of experience are going to help you plan ahead and stay ahead. That's what I did. I called Immuni Financial even before they became an advertising partner. I've got my vast majority of financial assets with Immuni and do what I did. Give them a call. Even if you're working with uh, an investment broker yourself, it's always great to get a second opinion, especially when it comes to your finances. This is some kind of perilous financial uh, climates that we're in right now, and you want the experience that Immuni Financial can bring on your side. Give them a call, 1-800-868-6864. That's Immuni Financial, or visit them on the web at immuni.com. Well, that's going to do it for us uh, for today's show. With Thanksgiving tomorrow, want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Yes, I'm so thankful for all the pewter people uh, that consume our work at pewterreport.com yeah. and watch this show on a weekly basis. We couldn't do it without you guys, so we're very thankful uh, for everyone in, in the chats and watching and yes. listening. So, No show tomorrow. Right. We'll be back on Sunday for Pewter Report's uh, tailgate show, the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show presented by uh, age rejuvenation at the Wesley Chapel walk-ons. And then, of course, Pewter Game Day. Then we'll have the Pewter Report post-game show after that. So we'll see you on Sunday. Yeah, so for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. And we will see you on Sunday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. Out. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Out. Football. Eat that turkey.